Hello everyone out there. This is Peter Harris from Commercial Property Advisors, author of the book, Commercial Real Estate Investing for Dummies, and coach and mentor to many commercial real estate investors all across this great nation of ours. The title and subject of today's podcast is, In Commercial Real Estate, Can You Have Your Cake and Eat It Too? Of course you can, if you do it right. So what are the ingredients of the most delicious commercial property cake? There are four. Number one is cash flow. Number two is build up your equity. Number three is the ability to do a cash out refi and pull out excess cash. Number four, use that cash to bankroll yourself into the next property. That is a delicious cake. I'm gonna share with you how to have your cake and eat it too using commercial real estate. This is a commercial property cake. It is delicious because it has these four ingredients. Number one, it has cash flow. Not only cash flow, but increase in cash flow. Remember, as you increase your cash flow, you increase your NOI, you also increase the property value, okay? Number two, when you increase your cash flow, when you increase your your NOI, you're gonna build up your equity. Now, if you can do these two things, it will have you, uh, it will give you the ability to pull out some of the excess cash. We call this a cash out refi. Then we would take that excess cash and we would use it to bankroll into the next property. Isn't that a delicious cake? So this is called having your cake and eating it too. So what I want to do now is share with you one of our students actually doing this. It didn't take him 10 years and I'll show you exactly how I did it. Then I'll come back and summarize. All right, everyone, I have a treat for you today. I have uh, Chris Stravey. Uh, all of you remember him as the person in the video entitled How Chris Became a Millionaire in One Year. So we have him back here today to catch up with him. There, there are more developments. There's a part two to this, and uh, he is back by popular demand. So, Chris, thank you for joining us today. Good to be here, Peter, always. And when I say by popular demand, your videos is, I think, our most popular video of all time. So everyone really enjoyed your first video of how you became a millionaire in one year with your apartment deal. So this is a uh, part two to that. Well, let's start with this, Chris. How does it feel to be retired? It feels great. I'm not traveling internationally anymore with the airline. I'm home every night in my own house, my own bed. And I have every day with my lovely wife, and I'm chasing the grandchildren all the time. (laughs) Uh, You know, so it's just wonderful. Awesome. Awesome. I'm sure other folks have seen the first video where you purchase your 90 units. So let's dive right into it. So what's today's cash flow like? Today's cash flow in net cash is 21000 per month. Awesome. Right. That's great. Uh, and what is the property worth now? Good question. I was approached by a broker recently with uh, 6.75 million was the initial figure he mentioned. Wow! Wow! And you bought it for three million, and right. you put about uh, what 600,000 into it. That's very accurate. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, now it's worth almost double that uh, a few years. So. Right. Yeah. So congratulations to you. That's how you do it. Well, thank you for uh, guiding me through that. Oh, you are so welcome. You're so welcome. Yeah. And now you have a pretty good property management company. So share with other investors out there and would-be investors, what are a couple of things that you would recommend that they would do to to manage their management correctly and efficiently? Uh, My wife and I, uh, Kim and I, we visit down there. We try to visit there once a month with COVID. We haven't, but uh, we're going to start doing Zoom meetings. 
scheduled visits as well as you had recommended unscheduled surprise visits. <laughs> and we talked with them about that before we started doing that and they were fine with it. They're very transparent. Transparency is a key ingredient when you're interviewing management companies. And they may not tell you much about it. It's an odd question, but you can talk to people who use them and find out if they're transparent. Mm-hmm. So that's been good. Visit a lot. The other thing we do is we, we've actually done extra bonuses in the last two years mm-hmm. for just outstanding work. They get their normal bonuses at Christmas, but we added bonuses of our own and they're spontaneous and it really makes a difference in their financial uh, lives and also makes a difference emotionally to them. They're very happy about it. And I think it gives them a smile about working there. So we do that now. The other thing is we communicate a lot with them via text, via email, and then, of course, our visits, occasional phone calls. So I got together with the regional manager and I said, I would rather go directly to the manager if I can on things I see, questions I have. And we agreed that I would do that when I wanted to, and I would inform the regional manager, copy them to the emails or to the texts, or just let them know by email what we talked about, what happened, where we were going with various answers and that kind of stuff. So that has really helped. And the manager likes it. Our manager is outstanding. And she likes it when I see things. And occasionally I bring things to her attention that she missed or needs to address. Uh, Communication consistently along with those visits and the encouragement and the extra bonuses really helps. The uh, software thing, we talked about this last time. They use ResMan. It's great software. And I pour over that uh, with my wife every day. Mm. I think I mentioned this last time, but we've gotten so used to every line item on the profit loss statements and all that. So when we see something out of sync, it raises a flag, it's automatic, and a few seconds later, I'm emailing the manager about it. And that often happens, you know, when I'm looking at turnover and people who aren't up to date on their rents and it looks like it's getting a little out of hand. Mm -hmm. And then she always um, satisfies me with really good answers. The other thing, I know this is like the fourth or fifth thing, but Uh, Having that rainy day fund you encouraged me to develop in a healthy checking account for the operation, they love that. And they're very careful in their spending, but it gives them a very, very good sense of stability. Mm. And so, like I said before, when they go out, they don't always get the lowest bidder anymore. They get the person or the plumbing company, the construction people to do things that they know are the best. And if they charge a little bit more, that's part of our process now. And it's because we keep those funds funded and they love it. And I think it gives them a lot of peace. That's great. That's great. And I also enjoy meeting with you once a month to go over everything. Yeah. 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 Those meetings get long sometimes. Yeah, they do. They do. But you are where you are because of the communication with them. and and Right. Exactly. So uh, you you bought the property for $3 million, put in $600,000. And then, you know, before this video, you put out most of your down payment on the cash out refi. Right. And right. Then, yeah, time, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what did you do with the money? So there's a rumor that you bought something else. Yes. I was surprised. It was about a year ago. Exactly. You and I were talking and I said, hey, Peter, uh, I'm thinking about doing something else because we have accumulated this cash. And as I said before, I think in the first one, we did a cost segregation study, which allowed us to take early depreciation expenses on the property, which built up more cash. So we talked multifamily. And then you mentioned uh, self-storage. So I started reading all your stuff and looking at your videos on self-storage and went out like you recommended in that conversation, talk to the people you know who deal in those types of commercial properties. And there were three of them. Uh, you also told me, tell them what, what kind of cap rate you want in cash on cash you need to see to do that. 
Mm-hmm. I think we talked about 8% and 10% was our goal. Yeah, that's right. So I talked to one broker. I remember it distinctly. It was in early July. A week later, he comes to me with this boat and storage facility and says, this is close to where you live, which was one of my parameters. And it gives you the cap rate, the cash on cash that you want. Do you want to see it? Not two hours later, we both met there and we walked through it. We looked at it. It was almost nine and a half acres of land. Mm. uh, And you had said always have 33,000 square feet or more of storage space. And this was twice that. It was great. It was a mom and pop operation, which you say are always the best to deal with. And that's what I did with the multifamily. And lo and behold, this was a mom and pop had been in the family for 30 years. So that's where I got started on the storage, how I got started. And you and I talked about the advantages of of storage uh, over multifamily and some of the disadvantages. And so that's how it took off exactly a year ago. That's great. So you went from your 90-unit apartment building, you cash out and refied your down payment, you're sitting on your money, then you went out and bought an RV storage facility in, in the same uh, same city you're located, roughly, right? Correct. So let's, uh, let's, we'll talk about this more later, but let's fast forward. How was it performing? Do you want to tell me how it's performing because of what we did since we bought it or how it was performing the day we... Let's briefly go to how you bought it and then where it is today. Okay. What we did was we met a few days later with the owner at the property. She gave me open access to the manager, which was great because I could ask all the difficult questions and get pretty honest answers, in my opinion. And so we uh, started doing our due diligence. We came up with a letter of intent and the broker didn't even want to see that. There were six of us competing for the property. Mm. So we put in a bid. It was full price. Plus Mm. we put a significant money uh, earnest money there. And we ended up in the top three. And then they had another bid. At that point, they added another acre parcel of land to the deal, which was very unusual. I came to you right away. Mm-hmm. And uh, you helped me work through that and how to uh, recalculate our offer, etc. We did another offer, the three parties that were competing. And uh, we won because we did the things like you had mentioned. We gave them a personal letter of why we wanted it, how we were going to operate it. We're going to keep the same name be in the family operation, keep the wonderful tradition of high value. So they chose us and we went to a bank that had SBA, guaranteed loans. That took a long time. The bank had just merged. So it was very frustrating, but you kept me on an even keel as I was calling you constantly about the things the banks wanted and um, that sort of intricate stuff. And we got through that and got the deal in December. So from July to December. Mm, quite a so we went in there, it was December 19th, Kim and I, and we had the keys. We went in and we started managing it till June when we gave it to my daughter to manage, who manages so, it. So Chris, uh, fast forward, day one cash flow, right, to cash flow today. What are those numbers? The net cash when we took over was about 2500 a month mm-hmm. net cash. Mm-hmm. Now it is 4250 a month. Wow. Yeah. Wow. With your daughter uh, being paid a salary to, to manage it. Exactly. For wow. Yes. That's incredible. Yeah. Let's wrap it up here. I was wondering if you could share uh, with the audience out there, you know, just some tips on, you know, the beginners and maybe the intermediate, you know, listeners out there, just some tips on how to get started and how to be successful, how to get to where you are, retired, yeah. sitting on two very cash flowing properties. Well, uh, I'm talking to the first reason and that uh, first point, and that is have a great mentor. Have an experienced mentor, 
And I talked, I won't go over it, but all the reasons I mentioned in the first video, your expertise, your experience, your passion, your availability, your transparency. We need that in a mentor and I have it in you. And so I would just say, ditto, mentor, mentor, mentor. Don't get into commercial property if you don't have a mentor and you're the best out there in my opinion. And so uh, I encourage that relationship. That's number one. Number two, be judicious. And I mentioned this last time in following your mentor's advice and the advice and the materials. I, number three, digest all those materials, the videos, the books, the weekly calls, ePartner. That has been a godsend to me. Every time I look at a property, I go through ePartner with a fine tooth comb and load it up and see whether something is workable, as well as it gives you, my mentor, every time we talk, uh, an exact presentation of what's going on. And you can give me advice and help me fix things I might not see. Fourth thing is know the tax law. I push this. Get a cost segregation study done on your building if it makes sense because you can take your depreciation early. Save a lot of taxes and put that in your rainy day fund <laughs> and put it in your operating account. And then you'll have that and any cash out from refinancing like I had, put those two together. And your financing, like you said, one of the one of four things about commercial property, your current properties bankroll your new deals, mm -hmm. uh, which it did for me. And then finally, I would say keep thinking about what commercial property does for you. Like I just said, it bankrolls the next property, uh, the tax advantages, the income you get, you know, your net cash, and then uh, the praise value. I mean, whatever asset out there does all those things at one time. And I know that's in your books and in all your uh, videos and that sort of thing. But I, I think about that all the time. Mm -hmm. And I ask myself, is my property doing those four things for me today? And if it's not, then I start thinking about it and processing it. Probably call you and <laughs> say, how do I fix this? How do I make this uh, appraised value start working better for us? But as we know, with the multifamily, that's not a problem. Mm -hmm. So... Um, the multifamily uh, did all those things for us. Right. So that's what I would say for um, advice on my experience now with the great. two. Great. I appreciate it. I'm sure everyone uh, watching appreciate it too, Chris. Just want to say thank you for sharing and encouraging um, all of us out there. Well, thank you for the opportunity and thank you for uh, really overnight making me successful in commercial property. I appreciate you. You're welcome, Chris. Okay, we'll be, we'll be talking soon. Welcome back. Let's summarize. I hope you enjoyed it. You can see Chris is an incredible person. He's awesome. So let's do a quick summary. So Chris, with his property, was cash flowing. You watched the video, $21,000 per month. He bought it for $3 million a few years back, and he put in $600,000 all in. Okay? Today is worth $6.75 million a few years later. Back when he did the refi, which is a couple of years ago, the property is worth $4.2 he was able to cash out refi $600,000. So he was able to take out exactly what he put in. This is called having your cake, but this is called eating it too. He took the $600,000 and he bought an RV storage, bolt, RV bolt-in storage. It's an awesome deal. To, okay. And then the, the storage cash flow is about $4,200 a month today and increasing. This is about to double and triple. Okay, let me summarize real quick uh, Chris's four tips for you. Number one, he says, is to get help. So get help. Don't try to do it yourself. Follow the procedures. Chris is a retired airline pilot, right? So you follow procedures very well. You should too. Number three, rainy day fund. This is what we call cash reserves. It's one of the smartest things you can do when you own commercial property because stuff happens. 
guarantee it stuff happens. You need to have the money to take care of when that stuff happens, okay? Number four, focus on the goal. So what Chris did, we helped him focus. We met every month with Chris, going over the numbers, keeping our eye on the bottom line, and also the goal was to, to do a cash out refi and to buy another property. It took a few years to do that, but uh, we focus on the goal.